pickle soup. Dishing up tasty morsels of tarot wisdom and other oracular tidbits with your hosts, Katrina Wynn and Gina Thies. Two saucy sisters broadcasting from the magnificent Oregon coast and from deep in the heart of Texas. And inviting your questions about tarot, oracles, counseling skills, reading advice, and more. Be sure to visit our website at oraclesoup.org to listen to our podcast archive. You can also visit us on Facebook and like our Oracle Soup page, where you can share your wisdom and request for Oracle Soup topics. Soup is hot now, and it's ready to be served. Oh, it's so brilliant, Gina. I'm, I'm so delighted. We've been able to spend a little bit of time here in Jolly Old London with our very, very, very dear friends, as you know, Kashleen and John Matthews. Yes, this is um, a wonderful opportunity to have them in the at, at high tea, you know. <laughs> and I so love London. You know, we are collaborators in our efforts here um, in the kitchen at Oracle Soup, and we work well together. And so it's really interesting. You know, we were talking that there are just a handful. Maybe we can count on one hand the number of collaborators uh, in the intuitive arts, um, specifically tarot, but there are, there are other um, facets uh, and levels of interest, but working as a couple, whether you are romantically involved or, or not, but it's really interesting how th- people come together uh, to um, have a platform and be creative. And so, you know, all these things kind of manifest on their own or, you know, at least ours did, just thought of the, hey, you know, what a great idea, which is how, you know, uh, anything in terms of the creative path is just born out of, you know, just a thought. And that is what's so amazing about these couples. And and when I think about these couples, I think about people who've been working together over a long period of time. I mean, even you and I, with this particular podcast date, uh, I think this is like five years for us at Uh least. Uh Right. And then we've got folks who have been working together their entire lives, you know, and then also folks who've been working together for at least 20 years or more. Uh, and I got quite a few names going through my head, and they've been guests right here on our own podcast in the past, and hopefully in the future as well. So first off, I just want to tell all of these couples, we love you. We love what you've brought into the world. We love that you found each other and that you're able to bring your creative juices to flow together to create, whether it's a book or a deck or a tarot event like the, we have Reader Studio in New York. We have nudes on the West Coast, you know, um, both of these large events are ran by uh, couples that have been together numerous years and just to sit and watch how you can, because these things are not easy to put on, you know, uh, and just to be able to 
have where there are no, you know, everyone has a role, but there are no roles. It's like, you know, what has to be done and you, you, you have to decide that and just come to constant agreements, right? (laughs) Constant to a cups moment. Even even (laughs) and I know this, we're sisters and we got to work out, okay, I'll do this and you'll do that. So we're going to be hearing from the Matthews and we're going to be hearing much more intimately their creative process and kind of what brought them together. I love hearing creation stories. I love hearing what happened in the beginning with when two people met and their eyes met and their hearts met. So I know that you cannot wait to hear what these two, I would say very respected elders in our Tarot community had to share with you about their own magic. This is right, this is true. And there's so much talent um, at the table. Um, and they have done things collaboratively, but also individually. And so, and they've partnered with other creative people. So it's gonna be a really exciting, informative show. So stay tuned. Hello everyone, this is Gina Thies and we are here with another episode at the kitchen table. This is Kitchen Table Conversations on Oracle Soup. And what a delightful table we have before us. I have to admit, I do like fish and chips, one of my favorite British foods. And I wanna thank our lovely guests here for preparing them. We have Kashleen and John Matthews. And those of you who may not know them, they're from this little island called England. know them though? They're like everywhere. If you're in the craft and you know you buy oracle decks, anything that has to do with ritual, um, tarot, they're all over the place. So lots of contributions. So they kind of almost need no introduction, you know? You know what they're also really well known for is their authorian research and teaching for us. Lifetime of it. A lifetime of it. Yeah. How did you get interested in such a topic? I mean, I'm, I know that's obvious in certain ways, but for some people it may not be so obvious. I, I came from one of those households that had no books, which is why my house is now full of books. But basically one of the first things that I had as a child was the, the boy's book of King Arthur and Robin Hood, and I think I had the Three Musketeers as well. But it was the Arthur one that got me going. And then when I was about 15, I read T.H. White's Once and Future King, and that was it. Oh, my. I already decided I wanted to be a writer, so I just thought, this is my topic. And haven't helped me. I haven't stopped since, you know. Yeah, but how'd you drag this beautiful woman into that? <laughs> oh, well, that was, that was interesting. That was another story. I was always very interested in myth, and I discovered the myths of the Mabinogion, the, the British myths, um, quite early. And uh, there was a time when I was working in a library and John was also working in a library and he was sitting in the staff room talking about the Mabinogion. And I heard him and I leaned over and said, I know about the Mabinogion too. And that was it. That, that was, was the it. beginning. We oh, went off. We continued. Then the sparks We continued happened. the conversation and then we continued. And here you yes. are. Yeah, deepening the research. How long has it been? Um, we've been together for 43 years next 
next February. Yep. That is such a blessing. And not a day too much. We ran away on the day before Valentine's Day, which is an excellent day, by the way, for getting a seat in the restaurant. Oh! Yeah. So the 13th of February, you'll always get okay. a seat in a restaurant. The yes. next day is not so Yes, good. unless you're with your son and they say, what are you two doing for Valentine's Day? <laughs> and you kind of have to look <laughs> at them. Yes. <laughs> and for True those story. of you who haven't actually met Gina in the flesh, she's got gorgeous flesh, and people always think she's at least 20 years younger than she actually why can't is. I just, why can't you just leave the mystery there? Just <laughs> leave it. Just leave it alone. Because you opened the door. Uh, here we go. Here we go. And speaking of opening doors, I mean, you've truly opened doors for so many people. I mean, people who don't necessarily live in the British Isles here to what it is to live in the British Isles, who really understand the roots and the spirit you know, because um, I know Gina and I were Americans. We can say that. And Americans. Yeah, and Americans don't know a lot about some of those English roots. We, we forget we that there's. You're still welcome. Yes, but, thank but you. even though they have carried over those to the yes. new world <laughs> and don't understand what they're about, so we can appreciate the work that you've done um, in in explaining and having things out. Uh, the story of King Arthur is, is it, it resonates with a lot of people. But why? They read stories they don't understand, and why is it so significant? You know, the, yes, it, exactly. Well, my my answer would be to say it because he has everything. It has love stories. It has adventure. It has mysticism. It has magic. I mean, whatever you're interested in, there's an Arthurian story that will fit that. And that's one of the things that I've always found to be the case. I it's mean, also the longest-running soap in the yes. world. I hey. mean, you know, I mean, this is a story that has come through every era, and every era has treated it differently, and said, what, what a fantastic story this is. Let's have it dressed in our kind of clothes, um, and our kind of manners, and our kind of stories. So, uh, and it, that just keeps on happening. So it, it hasn't stopped yet. And it's interesting because um, there was a time I visited Glastonbury, and over at the Abbey, they have this sign in the grass next to one of the chapels, actually. The um, Do you know that chapel? St. Michael. Yes, yes. And so basically it said that some monks had been digging in a burial ground, and they were looking for the grave of King Arthur and Guinevere. It's not that. It wasn't one. Oh, oh. Um, there's a, there's an, an, an old, um, a very old Welsh poem, which includes the line, not wise the thought a grave for Arthur, because the idea is, of course, that Arthur isn't really dead. He's just in Avalon, he's going to come back. Um, the monks, the abbey had just burned down. The monks needed to get money together to get oh. it built again. Oh. So suddenly, oh, look, we found we King Arthur's that, right? bones. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh. And they now we get it. And they found a hank of golden hair, which they said was Guinevere's. And then they found a cross which said, here lies Arthur in the island oh, no. of Avalon with his second wife, Guinevere. The, the, the unfortunate phrase is, here lies the famous King Arthur, right. which of course is a little bit of a giveaway. Wink, wink. <laughs> Winkity, winky, wink. Okay. But you see, that's the beauty of this. What we're talking about is this whole idea. There's myth yeah. and then there's story. Mm. But there's something about the yeah. myth or the story or even the history yeah. that still fascinates to this day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's like Celestius said, he was the, the amanuensis of um, what Christians call Emperor Julian the Apostate, but which we call you know, 
Julian the Restorer. But anyway, we won't go there. Um, yeah, we, but he, yeah. Yeah, he said um, he said myth is something that has never happened and is happening all the time. So this is why myth for every era is is good. And so, not just British myths. I mean, although obviously no, no. we've written mostly about mm-hmm. the Arthurian and the Grail and all of those things, but myth is a worldwide phenomenon, of course, and you have your myths, and everyone has a myth inside them, I think, in some way. I find that it's the story is the same over and mm. over again. Yes. When you think about the king must die, mm. there must be a hero. Yeah, uh, yeah. so it's... Um, I, uh, visiting uh, a museum recently and go into a section, the medieval, and you see so many images of the the crucifix, the crucified Christ, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, why is that story so Mm -hmm. intriguing? Mm -hmm. Why is this image Mm -hmm. such a draw? Like, I understand Mm -hmm. the symbolism, but it's like, it's pretty morbid. Mm -hmm. But why is that? The king must die, Mm -hmm. right? Why is it? And the resurrection, and why do we get this rebirth? You know, it leads to a rebirth, but it's pretty gruesome. Uh, I think the story of what we go through in life is is it's just a replication. We have to understand that, you know, you're going to go through trials, tribulations, you've got to let it die, and then out of that, something is reborn. So mm-hmm. I think that's part of the, the fascination as I understand it for, for me. But there are so many paths to well, it's a very the path, ancient right? story. It's mm-hmm. a very, very ancient story, and it appears everywhere. In, if anything, Christianity is the latest version I mean, there are so many. All the major mythologies of the early classical world had the equivalent of the dying and rising god. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and thank the, you. And the sacrificed god. You know, Mithras. They, I mean, the, the, the early church fathers basically stole stuff from everywhere. So the 25th of December was the birthday of Mithras. Mithras. Suddenly, now it's the birth of Jesus. And did also you just say several that? others. I do. I do now. Yes. So, so you know, it's very, it's so important, and people don't know why, and they need, they absolutely do need to hear that. And mm-hmm. so that story is replicated. There's not just one virgin birth. All no. right. Loads. Okay. Loads. And so, um, these, and, and yet, this is what I find interesting, and this is what we all have in common here. Somehow, this story also shows up in the tarot, right? Oh yeah. And you've yeah. done quite a few decks. You've done a deck, Gina. Yes. Mm-hmm. Some. Why is that also a template in Tarot? Well, I think Tarot has the uh, story of humanity. It's all interwoven. There's nothing reinvented. You know, there there's no wheel that has been reinvented in terms of how humans behave, right? And then you can understand all types of archetypes within the 78 images. And so everybody relates to a mother. So you have a mother in that, you know, everybody relates to death. Everybody relates to good and evil. It's all there, the story is there. And so I think you can find that and it pulls from myth. And I, I always tell my students, um, and I teach that, you know, to understand Tarot, go and look at mythology. Mm-hmm. Go and study the, the mythology. Go and look at symbolism, mm-hmm. iconology. It's it's there. Once you have that and you understand, even psychology, Jungian, right, uh, you'll get an understanding of what the cards are meant to say for you. But then we have to interpret the story for another person if we yeah. choose to read for other people. Yeah. It depends on the context, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Because... Everyone's story is their context, and their background is their context. And um, um, so, of course, I mean, it's like the whole of nature is riddled with patterns which are all the way through. It doesn't matter how you hold them or which way you hold them to the light 
um, or which way you turn them, but that pattern's all the way through. Mm-hmm. Like the way that sort of sunflower seeds go in a spiral. Yes. And a very particular angle. We're getting all into the way some Fibonacci sequence. We really here. are, yes. <laughs> so, I mean, so that, I think those natural patterns are there. And, you know, it, it's like sevens. Why have we got seven of everything? You know, because the, obviously the tarot falls into three sevens quite nicely yes. in terms of the majors. Um, and, um, you know, we have seven notes of music and seven main colours and so on. I mean, it's just, it's all there, seven processes in alchemy and... and seven muses. Yeah, you know, um, So all of those patterns are kind of, you know, in us because we understand them. And we expect water to fall down when we when we pour it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't yes. fall up. It doesn't fall <laughs> up. Not in ever. As, that'd be pretty... Uh, unless, you're in, unless you're in space. Right. Yeah. Okay. Gravi- <laughs> gravity in yes, this indeed. world. Yeah. So when you guys work on a project, how do you decide what is something you're going to collaborate on? Well, it has to be something we're both interested in quite yeah. deeply, and we often throw each uh, bat ideas back and forward from each other and throw ideas around. And then we have, when we've got all kinds of different methods. I mean, if we're writing a book, we kind of have executive control over chapter two, four, and six, and Kathleen will have executive control over yeah. one, Indeed. three, and so on. But whoever whoever does the editing of the book in terms of coordinating all the um, parts of it, then their name goes first. Yeah. Or whoever is exactly. written most. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sometimes so, it's yes. almost like the toss of a coin, isn't it? Indeed. Really? <laughs> I like that division of labor. <laughs> but you have to do that, otherwise you'd just be squabbling. But do you end up like editing each other? Yes. Oh yes, we well, read it. So that's know. what I, mean, I didn't yeah. say. Is that the next thing is you then swap the ones you're working on, and then you know, Kathleen will edit my bits and I'll edit her bits. So. And so. On. So, yeah, so co- collaborating, deciding to proof each other's mm. work, that's that's amazing. Okay, what about the egos? <laughs> what, I mean, you know, not, I mean, really, honestly, I'm a counselor, and I know that sometimes when creative minds get together, they're not always so collaborative or cooperative. So what is that, what's your secret? I mean, it's not... We have very similar pools of knowledge, so yeah. we know enough of each other's pools to um, be able to rob and raid them. I can dive into her pool, yes, she can indeed. dive into mine. And... and so, and sometimes we just sort of, you know, I give a bit, he gives a bit, and then we mix it together and it's like cement. Um, Is that um... like saying two heads are better than one? Kind of, I suppose. But it's, but it's you got a mutual storage backup yeah. system there in your oh, brain. But it's like, like it's that. like cooking, isn't it? You know, you get you get sympathetic ingredients to come together, and so I think it's much more like cooking. I mean, I can't say we don't ever argue over things, we you do. know, like that. Oh, oh, but I but it's that. it's a reasonable, you know, we don't mm. kind of threaten each other with axes and things like that. You know, mm. we just go. I really don't think that's very good, and I'll then I'll go. That's right. It's absolutely that's wonderful, right. and she'll say no, it isn't, and then we'll go back and forward that's for right. a there bit. There were two more wherefore, <coughs> wherefore ever's and perhaps's. Exactly. And eventually, <laughs> eventually, I usually end up going. Oh, all right, you're right. You know. So. Just give um, in. We got a deadline. We got. We can't. We got a deadline. And you know, I mean, writing seventy to ninety thousand words takes a little while. <sighs> so, and then you have somehow to pull it together, and then it has to be. Edited and re-edited and re-edited. Well, I must admit, so far, you know, I mean, you know, touch wood, but so far, we never seem to run out of words. Haven't yet. Because you have so much, and between the two of you, you have how much, how many years of (laughs) 
experience because we talk about between the two of us how many years of um, experience so how many works are there well there are over 200 I mean I did a count up of mine last year and mm. it was 135 books I've written 78 or 9 that's just uh, crazy so it's yeah. a lot yeah I mean on average it means that we wrote four books a year and I don't think we did but we didn't no. but it feels like that sometimes you know yeah I mean we just kind of you know we just do it because that's what we're here to that's do. That's what you're here yeah. to do, yeah. and it happens, exactly. and it's 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 yeah. it's a magic to it. And I do more teaching. It. I do more teaching than John does. Mm. He does more writing than I do at the moment. So that's that's kind of where where things are. This is just amazing to have you two here at the kitchen table. Um, I met John and said, I'm just such a fan. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, the first time I met John, we actually sang together. Oh. The theme from Robin Hood, oh, The Legend, yes. and BBC series that I used to love so much. Actually, oh, Mark Ryan was in it, and... Uh, you want to say just a teeny bit about that? Uh, you're talking about Robin and Sherwood? Yes. Yeah, because I was thinking back even earlier than yeah, that. We can so wow. I still yeah, remember the And we can sing the song. Wow. And, and Mark, oh, wow. even, and Legend, because Clannad was a group yeah, yeah. I loved. I used mm. to play on the radio all the time yes. back when I did my radio uh, yeah. show. And and then uh, Mark Ryan was saying something about you two of you being in a car and and somehow somebody had a tape and they popped it in (laughs) it was on the it was playing in the car and the producer of the program was in the car as well and mark just went that's what we want for the music and the guy went sounds good doesn't it (laughs) and at that point planet had hardly been heard of but you know of course it Mm. became it became the great theme tune of its time exploded no they were pretty big before that but i think that really helped and of course they had the whole album titled legend well you know they were much more of a folk group but they really came out with a new kind of sound they'd done a uh, a TV program before that, the one game, um, the one game, mm-hmm. and that was when they suddenly got that wonderful harmonious sound, yes. and then that was what we were playing the theme from the one game, and it's like mm-hmm. they went, okay, that's the one, mm-hmm. and the rest is history, as they say, wow. a legend. <laughs> yes, and then uh, was it a sister? Were they two sisters originally, and then one of them had a solo career that became quite well, famous? They're all, they're all a family. family. They're all related. They're family. But Enya is the one yeah. who yeah. had a solo. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's crazy. Had a comeback yeah. concert. Oh. And, and now everyone thinks that the Irish folk music sounds like that very harsh kind of, I'm coming just out of the back room to sing to you like this. Mm. And of course, most Irish music is not at all like that. <laughs> and, and Irish singers who sort of sing with you know, full lungs are, quite cross at being made to sing that way because it's not what they want Well, that was all the electronica influence and I had an electronica program so I I love playing it. I love these crossovers and I just love it when all of our islands, wherever we may live, Mm-hmm. come together so well we certainly appreciate the both mm-hmm. of you for all of your work and um you. you know there are things that you've produced that i'm just like <gasps> if i had the time i would have done that but thank you so much mm-hmm. <laughs> thank you you're very, very welcome much. thank you yeah. it's nice to share the feast with you yes thank you so much yum thank you for spending time with us on oracle soup We invite your comments and podcast suggestions on our Facebook page, also called Oracle Soup. And be sure to visit our website, oraclesoup.org, for hot new servings of our saucy talks. You can also subscribe to the Feed Burner 
or listen to our pantry of Oracle Soup archived recordings, along with articles and links to more resources. Be sure to visit our personal websites to receive more information about us and the things that we offer individually. For Katrina, visit tarotcounseling.org. Counseling is spelled C-O-U-N-S-E-L-I-N-G dot org, like in Oregon, O-R-G. And for Gina, visit tarotadvisor.com. An advisor is spelled A-D-V-I-S-O-R. This content and the content of these podcasts are intended only to provide a summary and general overview on matters of interest. It is not intended to be comprehensive, nor does it constitute legal advice or legal opinion. This content is intended, but not promised or guaranteed, to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. You should seek legal or other professional advice before acting or relying on any of the content. And thanks again for listening to Oracle Soup. Y'all come back now.